Good morning. It's good to see you. Summer is back. I'm feeling it today. And it's good to be in the house of the Lord. You know, we are the people of the Lord. We're the children of God. That means we're God's kids. And kids get a lot of security from their parents. And the Lord is our ultimate father. He fulfills all the roles. He doesn't leave us without a need for people in our lives. And parents, your parents are very important. Let's make sure you tell them I told you that and that you hear that at Elam, that they're very important to you. But the Lord fills all those roles, the holes in our lives of our parents. Mom, Dad, he's, the Holy Spirit is nurturing and gentle like a mother. God is strong. He's a warrior. He fights for us. That's not a part of my message, but I just had that in my heart today. We get to be God's kids. We're his kids. And we get, there's a happiness and there's a joy in the Lord just to be his people. And it's a happy and fun thing to be together in the house of the Lord. So I want to talk to you today about excitement for the things of God. Who's excited for the things of God? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember a time where when you were getting established in the Lord, perhaps, and maybe concerned more about being dignified and things like that? Do you remember a time when you weren't really solid or free in the Lord, and you would see someone who was just kind of crazy about the Lord. Just a little bit like, seemed a little loopy when they would talk about Jesus, talk about Jesus all the time. Everywhere they go, they talk about the Lord like they've won the lottery or something, like they just won millions of dollars and uh, always wanting to bring him up at family gatherings and, uh, you know, going to church on Sunday for them, for that person Remember, just think back to that time if you've ever been in this position. That other person who was so excited about the Lord, they treated going to church every Sunday like it, like it was going to the Super Bowl. You know, like they had a free ticket to sit in the best box seat in the Super Bowl. Do you remember, any of you remember a time like that where you weren't there, but you kind of wondered about somebody that was? And what is up with that person? Why are they so ridiculously excited about Jesus? And you know, you may even had a, have had a tendency to look down on that person, secretly despising that person. Don't raise your hand unless you feel a big need for confession today. You may have despised them and a thought to yourself, you know, that person, it's just because they're such a new Christian or because that person has a lot of good things going for them and he or she just hasn't really learned yet the weight of responsibility of what it is to walk with God for years and years. And once they understand that, they won't be so wild and crazy for Jesus anymore. That's not a good perspective to have. You know, often what the standard is, when we're, when we're stuck in that kind of a rut, I've been in that rut before, um, when we're in that position or that rut, what we're doing is we're, we're judging people by our own standard. And what it comes down to is if anybody is more excited than me, they're out of balance. That's what it is. That's what that position says. If that person is more crazy for Jesus, louder when they worship, whatever, dances more than me or just talks about, well, then somehow that must be out of balance. And what we're doing if we're in that position is we are setting a standard for what the mature Christian life looks like 
based on our view of ourselves. And I know none of you would wake up this morning and think, you know, I want to make my life right now the ultimate standard of where God wants to take me. Where I am today, this is the lid on what the Lord wants to do in my life. None of you would want to do that today. And I just wanted to kind of speak to that little, that little thing that can happen sometimes. And you know, there's truth to the thought that sometimes new believers who haven't yet had to feel the full weight of paying the price to follow Jesus, or they haven't been through loss and things like that, there's truth to that. Sure, they're going to need to learn how to walk the walk of discipleship, and that tests our relationship with the Lord and our zeal for God. But I want to tell you something. I have met more people than I can count in my life who have been walking with the Lord for years and years, and they're still excited for Jesus. And I am talking about older people too. Elderly people who have been through long decades of life, have had loss. Some of them even have lost spouses. And the years show on their face, and they're white in their, the white heads, and the years and the wear and tear on their bodies, and that they have stories to tell of how God got them through storms in life. But when they talk about Jesus, there's a sparkle and there's a, you know, there's a, a, a flare about them, and they maintain this zeal and this passion for God. You want to know how they do that? And that's what the message is about today. What you'll find, this is what I have found. The things that they're excited about now in Jesus are the same things they got excited about when they became a new Christian. The joy of our salvation, who Jesus is and what that he would take the time to pay attention to my life and save me. That he would involve himself and break through my barriers and the kingdom of God would break down and come in-breaking is the word that is used sometimes. The in-breaking of God's kingdom actually broke into my life and he touched me and he changed me. And you will find that that same zeal that held them when they were new Christians still holds them today. And whenever I'm around people like that, I think, you know, whatever it was that they did, whatever they're doing to, like, hook them, like, they've got the... The, they, they always keep up with the, the best kind of connection with Jesus. What's the new thing past HDMI now? What is the later? I'm still stuck in HDMI world. I'm still wanting to make sure if I get a device that it makes sure it has an HDMI jack. That's not the highest thing now. What is it now? Um, they've got the latest connection. Somebody said it. Where's our techie people? There's, there's better out there, right? The, the biggest resolution full power hookup to the Lord even later in life. I want that kind of connection with God. I want to do it like those people have done it. That's excitement for the things of God. That's what we're going to be talking about today. I want to ask you a question. Are you an outsider to the joy-filled Christian life of holy zeal? Holy zeal. When it comes to being excited about Jesus the kingdom and the things of God, it's a terrible thing to be on the outside looking in. And my message to you today is God wants to make you an insider. He wants to take you from being an outsider. If you've been in that place or if you're wondering if there's more to walking with Jesus or you're wondering why everything didn't change or you're not all the way there after your fourth week at Elam, I want to tell you that the Lord wants to move you from the outside to the inside, so you will be an outsider no more. Can somebody say amen to that?
Yeah. Matthew 13, 44. Jesus' parable. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for, the jo- and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Here's a guy that got this kind of wild and crazy excitement for Jesus. And Jesus talked about the kingdom. Often when he talked about the whole of what he was after and bringing to people, he would say the kingdom. God wants you to experience holy excitement. Everybody say holy excitement. Now you know that holy excitement is still real excitement. Sometimes when we add a word like that, we're you know, that can take us back to that mindset. Maybe you once uh, were in a place where you thought, you know, um, my life used to be fun and exciting, and then I found Jesus, and everything has changed. But you know, excitement in the Lord, holy zeal, holy excitement is something that will grip your life when you realize that in Jesus you get the very best things there could ever be to get in life, in the life that you and I are living. God wants you to have this holy excitement over Jesus and his kingdom of love and power. Jesus said, uh, we're going to look at what he said in this short verse here and just spend some time thinking about this. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven. What did he mean by the kingdom of heaven? And I sat back uh, when I was preparing, I sat back in my chair and prayerfully just thought about the kingdom for a while and what I've learned and what I understand, and knowing that we could go into huge explanations of what the kingdom is, I tried to put in one sentence, theologically, uh, kind of a, um, uh, a fair and encompassing and appropriate statement about what the kingdom of heaven is. And here's what I put in your notes there. What is the kingdom of heaven? The eternal realm of God under the rulership of Jesus now expanding through an amassing of redeemed people who have been called to love and enjoy God and his creation forever. Do you like that one? I really like that. I reworked it and I went through it. If that's not your favorite statement, that's okay um, about the kingdom. But I got really excited as I was working on this thinking, yes, that is when I hear the word kingdom, that's what I think. I want to tell you, if you're looking for a great cause, If you're looking for a group of people uh, who have a cause and have a purpose to give your whole life into, where your time and your energies invested will have returns beyond anything that you ever thought possible, the kingdom of God is the place to give your time and energy. The effects of what you invest, the after effects will last not only in your lifetime, the effects of what you sow into the kingdom of God will outlast you on into eternity, and it's no wonder that people get so excited when they realize what we can give our lives to. God's kingdom will outlast everything else there could ever be. I have a bunch of big statements here. God's kingdom will outlast everything, all other causes on the earth, good causes, good things, even sub you know, the sub-causes of the kingdom that all kind of have their part if, when the kingdom is number one in what we're doing. All the other sub-causes we have get to kind of, see, this is the amazing thing about the Lord. All our other, uh, you know, there's lots of causes we get excited about, but the kingdom outlasts them all. And you want to know what's so great? There's, there's no annual membership fee. 
renewal fee. No club annual renewal. Uh, Jesus paid the club fee, if you will. He paid the price so that we can get in. And the price we pay is the willingness to say yes and to surrender our lives to him and say, Jesus, you get my all. I want you to have my all for your kingdom. No thing or relationship or accomplishment in one of those three, can you think of something in one of those three that's big and important to you? I certainly can. All kinds of good things. But no thing or relationship or accomplishment will ever compare to the value of the things you find when God brings you into his eternal kingdom through faith in Jesus. One of the ways that I learned this, I learned this lesson um, in my life, is I learn lessons about the value of kingdom things when I get problems with earthly things or when I lose important earthly things. I learn lessons. I'm a good lesson learner by hard lessons. I'm one of those people. When I was four years old, I had amassed in my my first fishing tackle box, uh, this my dad was, his uncle took him fishing and then my dad raised me as a kid. That's how we would spend quality time together is fishing. In my first tackle box, by the time I was four years old, I had $100 worth of lures in my tackle box. And that, you know, it's been a few years since I was four years old. So $100, you know, I've seen lures now. It's like $15 for one lure. It wasn't the same back then. So this was like a super loaded, packed tackle box. You know, there's a feeling you get. It would be like sort of a mechanic when he gets a new craftsman, uh, you know, like the big tools thing in the garage. You just get this feeling when you go into the garage and you see your toolbox. Um, when I would walk with my dad and carry that tackle box, there was just a sense of pride. Like this, you know, I have, like I had better lures than my dad. And, you know, because he would buy me things. My uncle would give me some. And we were fishing one day on a cloudy, rainy day. I still remember it very vividly because of the pain that it left with me. Um, uh, <laughs> you know where I'm going with this story. We were fishing at a park, a pond at a park in Akron, Ohio, in the city of Akron, Ohio. Which, if you're a fisherman, you happen to know that's where one of the greatest lures of all time is made, uh, Arbogast lures. Uh, there's a little trivia for you. Um, and that day, I was walking with my dad, and we were going around uh, fishing there in Akron, and I left my tackle box in the grass, and we went kind of around to the other side of the pond, and you know, then it hit me. <gasps> my tackle box. And sure enough, a few minutes later, went back, gone. I was devastated. $100 collected since I was two I mean, for two years, I had collected. And close to that time, if that wasn't bad enough, and you know, for a kid, that that was like, oh. Close to that time, my single most precious possession, my Luke Skywalker action figure that was so worn out. I mean, I mean like the original. My brother-in-law heard a similar story like this one time I was telling, and he felt so bad for me that he gave me, he had, his original Luke Skywalker that he kept for decades, and he gave it to me one Thanksgiving. That was so nice. Of him. Very, I still have it to this day. Um, it's probably worth a lot of money. You can't have it. But, <laughs> uh, and so, my, you know, it was my single most precious possession, and I would play with it all the time. And then close to the time, you know, I'm depressed, my dad, and I broke the head off of the action figure. I went to my mom. I remember walking down the hall like, just depressed, you know. And in an instant, what was so valuable to me was gone. That's a little kid story. 
a lot of more important things in life show their temporary nature and their timeline value to us because we can lose them and people can take them. When it comes to the things of God, no one can take from you what God does in you, even if they try to take it with words. Once God begins to write his story in you, nobody can take that away. And they never break. The things of God never go out of style. They never break. They don't rust. The treasures of the kingdom don't rust. No wonder we, people would want to give their whole lives to the things of God because they have a lasting value, not only into eternity when we won't be here to see what has come of the things we've received and invested, but in our lives now, they remain with us throughout our lifetime. Jesus used the word treasure, and the word he used doesn't mean some, you might picture when you read that scripture, you might picture like the guy, if you read that short verse there, Matthew 13, 44, that the guy was going through the field and doing something, and then he found like a gold orb or globe or something. But the word means a, a store of treasures, like a, you know, like a treasure box kind of a thing. A whole bunch of treasures he stumbled upon. There is a whole trove of treasure that comes into our lives through Jesus. Did you know that your salvation in Jesus, it's the, end, it's the beginning and the end, but there's more good things to come. When you came into the kingdom of God and you opened up your life to Jesus and you said yes to him and you repented of sin, you opened the doorway, you came into the field and you began to uncover what you are still going to be uncovering and discovering that Jesus has in store for you, a whole trove of heavenly kingdom treasures. And if you're wondering why we might get so excited about something other than even just our salvation itself, which really is the beginning and the end, it's the whole of what God gives us. Just look at, this, look at this short list of kingdom treasures that I have in your notes here. And this is a really short list. And just with this list, I, I started adding like supporting Bible scriptures. You know, it's important that when you make claims or you say big things, you should have supporting Bible scriptures. And like it was so easy to find supporting Bible scriptures, and there were so many that the notes, you know, then your note guide, like 12 pages or something. And so I just left the supporting scriptures out. These are so familiar to us. We could go on for hours with biblical grounding for these things. Look at this. New life in Jesus. Which means you received a supernatural rebirth by the Holy Spirit when you gave your life to Jesus. And the word we often use is transformation. And the word in the Greek that Paul sometimes spoke of was actually metamorphosis. A metamorphosis, a total changing as though, as though you're becoming a whole new creature, something entirely different than what you were. You still look the same, but it's a change that is on the inside first. It's a transformation and a metamorphosis of the internal person that will eventually begin to transform your outer life and how you live. Forgiveness and spiritual cleansing. Jesus doesn't forgive you of some sins except the bad ones. The really bad ones. He forgives us of all of our sins. And that means that there is, in Jesus, there is no separation from him. 
No, there's no separation in the presence of God when we come together and worship and when we're in prayer meetings and we're by ourselves with the Lord. The Lord does not stand back from us wondering if we're going to get our act together today. We're cleansed in Jesus and we're invited into his presence. There is no damnation. We will not be condemned to hell because of Jesus. There is no shame for us today and there's no condemnation for how we have screwed up in our lives and how we continue to find ourselves sometimes falling in goofing up and messing up and sinning. We, we seek forgiveness and we repent of sin, but in Christ we are made clean. We're cleansed in Jesus. We have an eternal home with God. There's bliss and security awaiting us in the presence of the Lord. Bliss and security. We have relationship with God, life in the Holy Spirit right now, which means experiencing his presence every day, having learning, growing in intimacy with the Lord, growing in nearness to him. These are awesome treasures. We have purpose and calling, not just the people who are on staff, not just the people who lead, and do, but everybody has a purpose and calling. And when you came to Jesus, you stepped, into, you stepped in line by receiving Christ and coming into salvation. Your life got plopped into the line that God has for you in the plan and the purposes of your lives. You began walking down that road of purpose and calling, and he's going to unfold that to you. We get holy fellowship. What's that? It's another holy fellowship. You could even say sacred fellowship. The special kind of happiness that comes with togetherness with God's people. There's just something different when we relax with the people of God. When we f fellowship or break bread and have meals or when we worship. But I just, what I was thinking about is even just relaxing and being like regular, like on the couch, like, hey, how's it going today? You know, hanging around with other believers. There is something about the happiness with fellowship with believers that is different than being with non believers. I've seen it so drastically in my life. What a precious treasure. Deli last one here in this short list. Deliverance and freedom from spiritual darkness. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, not to manage them in your life. He came to destroy the devil's work. And he came to deliver you and to free you. In Christ, the Holy Spirit breaks chains. He breaks bondages. He breaks the things you have been trapped in. The hurts and the, uh, the stuff that has locked you up and made you not a free person. God is able to deliver you and set you free. And when you get free of stuff, you're going to get excited. If you see someone in your life that you've known and they seem like, yeah, they're a steady, solid Christian. They're working real hard, really trying to discipline their lives and follow. And all of a sudden, the next morning, they're like crazy about Jesus. They probably got set free from something. God's deliverance probably came breaking in to their lives. And it is often the case that you don't even know what it is like to really like to be free until you get free. How wonderful it is once you're free. Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. You know, I thought it would be good for us to read this scripture together. I have the whole passage there in your notes. Why don't we read this? And I want to stop uh, at part of verse 2 and, and say something, and then we'll, we'll, continue, um, we'll continue reading together. Can you do that? Would you like to do that with me? Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. Ready? The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, 
to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor in the day of vengeance of our God. Jesus quoted part of this passage when he was introducing himself in his ministry. Um, and, and this one section here, the day of vengeance of our God, was very quickly, that section would have very quickly been misunderstood by many of the Jews as being that Jesus was saying the day of vengeance on the Romans has come and God is going to crush the Roman army and spill their blood and, you will, and Israel will be free. But I want to say something to you. Jesus told us that the kingdom is within us. The kingdom is within you. And when it says he has come to bring the day of vengeance of our God. Who is he having vengeance on? You? I bet there's somebody here that when you read things like that, you think God, that, those, that, that means God wants to have vengeance on you. Not you. Your spiritual enemies. The powers of hell that come against you and ultimately in the kingdom of God, there will be a day of reckoning when the powers of hell and how they have formed other people and nations will be uh, brought to reckoning before God. But God has declared he has come to destroy the works of devil in our lives and to bring vengeance on the powers of hell in our lives. That's good news. That's exciting. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Let's keep reading. To comfort all who mourn, verse 3, and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. I remember when I began to experience the oil of joy, the oil of gladness in my life. A garment of praise. It was like, and it really was, it felt like I started wearing something different that I hadn't been wearing before. No more spiritual ashes in my life. And I actually began to experience as a student at Elam, right in this building is when I started, because we spend a lot of time in here, don't we? <laughs> uh, we spent a lot of time in here, so there was easy to tr look at the track record. What's happening in my life in that building? And I began to experience this joy as I would praise God. And I remember one chapel service in particular when Brother Dick Grout was leading us in a praise song and it suddenly something changed in the air for me and it felt like every single word that we sang not just me but as everybody around me was singing it felt like every single word of the song was like like the welding and forging of courage inside of me and like iron courage that I had never felt in my life before. And at the same time, it was like, felt like every word was like setting off bombs on the devil's camp. That was a good day. That was the garment of praise, the oil of gladness. And I remember I got a little loud. I was over here. Got a little loud in the praise and worship and even thought like, well, I'm being kind of loud here. I was excited. There was a replacement of ashes, spiritual ashes that, had, that I had felt for so long with a garment of praise and the oil of joy. These and other things are the reasons that people get so wildly excited about Jesus. Why we should be so excited. Jesus said it's like treasure. The kingdom is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found. Just a field. A normal, you know, nothing special about that field except what was in the field, which for most people meant that they did not realize what was in this regular 
field. I want to show you a picture of a gigantic hole in the earth. It's actually the fourth largest man-made uh, excavated hole in the, on the entire planet. You can see it from Google, and uh, if we can get that picture up there. A huge hole in the earth that is called the Murr Mine. It is a mine, and I want to tell you a little bit of the story of this mine. Maybe we'll get it up there. Many years ago, Russian geologist Yuri Kabarin, Kabardin, if I'm saying his name correctly, and his team went on an expedition into the wilderness of Siberia to look for kimberlite. Does anybody know what kimberlite is? All of you scientists and geologists and things. Kimberlite, what's so special about kimberlite? Kimberlite is a volcanic rock that is associated with the presence of diamonds in the rock. And so um, there it is. Look at, look at that. I mean, that, you don't want to fall in, you know, be texting somebody, whoops, <laughs> goodbye, <laughs> uh, goodbye. It's the fourth largest hole. Uh, planes are cautioned. Planes aren't supposed to fly near or over that because it has its own, like, little low-pressure system. It's so huge that it has a vortex of air that will form in certain weather patterns. Um, totally man-made. Uh, the, the, after failed expeditions looking for kimberlite, which they're looking for diamonds, these, this team of geologists came into this vast region of Siberia, looks like an utter wasteland. For seven months of the year, the ground is frozen solid, and the temperatures will often hover around 40 degrees below zero Fahrenheit or Celsius, I think, once you get to 40. So cold that when they brought equipment in, the tire, tires on the vehicles would shatter. In steel that they were using, when they put weight in steel, it would shatter the steel. But they found kimberlite in the earth. And what followed became an entire mining city, as you can see in the picture there, a whole entire city employing thousands of people when they began to dig and discover the diamonds that were under the surface of the earth. Um, it became one of the largest diamond mines of all time and at its peak was producing over 10 million carats of diamonds a year. That is a lot of diamonds. And it brought in billions and billions of dollars into Russia and is attributed with helping make Russia the world power that it is today. But to everybody else except those geologists, that was an utter wasteland. So unattractive, nobody would ever want to live in that place. But for those who were willing to look carefully and do a little bit of digging, the rest is history. And there's something about a story like this, and that's a real story there, a true story. There's something about this that speaks to me about the lives that most people live. When they look at their lives, they survey the field of their lives. Everything seems so normal. And you may notice all the problems, you know. You look out over the field and you just see the problems and the unattractive things. But I want to tell you that if you're willing to partner with God and you look a little more carefully and you do the work, you dig a little bit, you dig a little harder, look a little longer, there, is, there are good things that you're going to find in God. Number three. The ordinariness of the field, this is Jesus' story, is the ordinariness of life. The great spiritual riches God wants to give us in Jesus are awaiting our discovery as we live out the gospel in our everyday lives. And the, for the one who looks more carefully and digs it a little deeper, this is what it takes. The problem is that too many fail to pay attention to what's lying beneath the surface of their regular lives. But the truth is, there are treasures for you in Jesus right now. 
Not some far off future where you're waiting for things to get better for you. Or you're hoping that maybe by the end of your time at Elam that something good will happen in your life. That's not how God works. He is immediate to our situation. His presence is in our lives and he's here now. And there are things and treasures that he wants to bring to us now. And we're going to move along very quickly here and then we're, we're going to close with a praise song. And Jesus said, and for the joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. There's the wild and crazy excitement. This guy was like, this is what I've been looking for all my life. Sold all his stuff. Bought the field um, and was like lock, stock, and barrel given over to getting a hold of what he had found. Joy and excitement from what we receive compels us to give our, everybody say that, all. The missing piece that some of us are looking for. Why is it that so-and-so is so much more passionate about the Lord than me? Why is it that I don't feel like I'm living sold out for God? Why is it, uh, what is the blockade in my life? Why am I holding back? And what I want to say to you is one of the things that God wants you to do, one of the missing pieces is the joy of the Lord that comes into your life as God's kingdom begins to break into you. And it's a supernatural joy that starts to take hold of your spirit and this excitement just begins to follow. And you get a willingness. It's like an engine that gives you all this drive and this energy to just want to give your all to the Lord. And the word joy that Jesus used literally means, this is, this is so encouraging, joy in the grace of God. This is a spiritual zeal for the Lord. It's a very spiritual thing, spiritual zeal for the Lord. But it's joy in the grace of God, which means it is a grace work of God. And it's not something that you have to work up. You don't make yourself happy in Jesus. There is something about stirring yourself up in the Lord. And there is something about having to look more carefully and do the work of digging a little deeper in your life. Being in the Word. Uh, being uh, Digging into prayer. Really giving yourself in, in worship when we come together. But it's a gift and a grace gift from the Lord that it begins to flow. The Holy Spirit. The fire of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We don't work this up. What does it look like? This is just kind of some of the things that happen. If, you're, if you see people doing these things, it's because they got this joy. People get excited about church and spiritual activities. They want to spend more time with Jesus. Suddenly, they may not want to go out with the gang as much as they used to. They want to share their faith, willing to pay the price for following Jesus, surrendering everything to God, loosening up and being freer in worship. It, it happens. You just start to notice, I'm just not so concerned anymore about, well, I'm just too excited for the Lord. I don't care if people hear me singing off tune or whatever it is. No more silent faith. What do I mean by that? For some of you, it is a big step for you, and I believe even still today, it's a big step for you. To not just speak about Jesus to other people, although that's a big step, but for you to open your mouth verbally and talk to the Lord himself. You need to understand, you don't have to fear the Lord. And I've met precious saints of God who have so much going on in some of these blockades that they're afraid to say the name of Jesus verbally in his presence, feeling unworthy to speak to the Lord. And I want to tell you, you don't need to have that fear. The Lord wants to give you the oil of gladness and help you make that step. Why don't we stand together? I just had an encouraging scripture here, and if the, the worship team could come. 
when I was thinking about the treasures we get from God, something hit me when I remembered what God treasures most in the world. Deuteronomy 7.6 For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people. Look at these words in your notes at the end of this verse. His treasured possession. He gives us so many amazing things. We get back so much more than we give when we surrender all to the Lord. And yet on the other side from his view, the treasure he is after is you and me. This is how God thinks. This is what he wants. It's you and me. I'm encouraged by that word. Would you lift your hands to the Lord this morning? I guess we're just now this afternoon. Lord, we lift our hands in your presence. God, we need the oil of joy. Joy in the Holy Spirit. The freedom that comes from you today. Father, would you help us to look more carefully at the situation of our lives. Lord, to do the work, to dig. There are treasures waiting for us. And Father, right now, in your presence, I pray for those who are hindered today because of brokenness or a need for healing or deliverance from that spirit of heaviness, those spiritual ashes that Isaiah talked about. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would set them free and you would fill them up in the Holy Spirit with the oil of joy and excitement about you and a freedom in you and they would be able to have their mind changed and the lies would be dispelled as they understand the truth and we pray it in the precious name of Jesus. And we rejoice in you today, Lord. Amen. Amen. The team is going to lead us in just a short bit of a praise song.